0: This is Reflections of the Lighthouse, a podcast sharing the hope of the gospel for those struggling with life-altering addictions. If you'd like more information about the Lighthouse and the services they provide, visit BiblicalLifeRecoveryCenter.com. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Bauer and Dwayne Modlin. Well, I am excited to have Pastor Dwayne here with me again, and we're going to talk about renewing your mind as our latest Lighthouse podcast. But I wanted to really quick say if you don't know anything about our podcast, go back and visit episode 1, which is called What is the Lighthouse and Why We Are Different. But today we're going to talk about an important thing, renewing our mind and why is that important. So, Dwayne, first question for
1: you is what does it mean to renew your mind? It means to change your thought patterns, change how you your worldview, how you see things those types of things. Before we come to Christ, our worldview, our mind is set in a secular mindset, is set on the things that are not of God. And this is why Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we need to renew our mind. And we renew our mind as we're doing that. It says we will be able to discern the will of God. And that's the purpose of following Christ, knowing what he's calling us to do. And it's impossible to do that without our minds being renewed and beginning to think the way Christ thinks about things.
0: So as a addiction recovery program, renewing the mind is a really important piece. Yes. But I also think that it is the most important thing for all believers because the battleground for every believer is in his mind. Yes. And how we think determines how we act and what we do. So, mm-hmm. so renewing our mind is not only an addiction issue, it is a lifestyle issue yes. that needs to be dealt with.
1: Yes. And I think uh, we can kind of really point, pinpoint this and the reason why this is such a necessary thing, because Jeremiah seventeen nine tells us what our hearts are. Our hearts are deceitful and they are wicked. Now, when you deal with words like heart in the scriptures, it's used over 800 times in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but it encompasses a lot about who we are. It encompasses our mind. It encompasses our desires, our emotions, all of those things. And before Christ, those things have been twisted because of sin. Our minds have been twisted because of sin. The way we think about things is twisted because of sin. And our minds, our hearts, they will lie to us. They will deceive us into believing lies. So we have to be careful that we renew our minds and to begin to see things the way Christ sees things in the world and about life, following him, how we treat one another. All of those things flow out of renewing our mind.
0: So step one would be to recognize our sinful thoughts stem from our sinful thinking. Yes. Now in secular counseling, there's this thing called behavior modification. We've talked about it on previous podcasts, where if you want to change an outcome, you change your thinking. And that's good. I think yes. that's biblical, but where that ends and is faulty is we don't take it back to the need for a savior yes. to renew our hearts and our minds. I think that's so, so important. So recognize sinful thoughts stem from sinful thinking. And then I think the next step is choosing to believe in God.
1: Yeah. To follow him, to acknowledge him and The Bible says that we can't lean on our own understanding. We can't lean on our own thinking, the way we think about things. Again, Jeremiah tells us that our thinking is deceitful often, and our thinking will deceive us because of sin. And we need to make sure we're not leaning on our own understanding, but we are acknowledging God in all his ways. And the Bible says he will direct our paths. That's found in Proverbs 3. Most people know that scripture. And what we learn is in following Christ and having his mind set in us is we begin to see who he is, that his character is perfect. And one thing when we begin to renew our mind by searching the scriptures, by praying, by doing these things, we begin to see who Jesus really is. And in light of that, we see who we really are.
0: Right. And if his character is perfect, it also leads to the thought that his commands are designed for our safety. Now, yes. we don't like the word commands. We don't like the word rules. We don't want to follow things because, you know, American men are taught to to find our own destiny, right? Yeah, and, and be our own man and blaze our own trail. But reality is, because God is perfect, he has designed safety for us and that's found in scripture. I'm from West Virginia. You've visited West Virginia before. Yes. You got some hillbilly roots just like I do.
1: Get out of here.
0: But I, I remember one winter in West Virginia. I am I'm going down a mountain, one of the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. And it's icy. And I look over and I am grateful for the guardrails. Mm-hmm. Because Not only are they there to keep me from flying off a cliff and dying, they're also there to protect me and to show us where the road ends. So God's commands are kind of like guardrails in our lives. Yes, And I think that's an important thought. They're not there to harm us. God's not there to be this awful father in the sky who wants us not to have any fun and he ruins all, all our plans. He's there to guide and protect us because He is perfect and He loves us.
1: Yeah, He knows the end result of our sin, and that's tragedy and destruction in our lives. Those guardrails are there to keep you from going off the cliff and bringing wreckage into your own life and the lives of others. So God has those things there. God's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to withhold good things from us. He's actually trying to keep us from destruction. Right now in our culture, sex is a big thing. God has guardrails for that. And those guardrails are there to protect us so we don't destroy our lives. I just saw some
0: statistics. This is way off topic, but that Indiana is one of the number one states in the union with the HIV epidemic increasing. Yes, And it's just because God's commands aren't being followed. Yeah, The protection he's put into place isn't being followed. So not only are his, is His character perfect and His commands are designed for our safety, His promises are unfailing. and yes. That is a deeply refreshing thought.
1: It really is. The, those guardrails, when we stay within those guardrails, God has promised life and life to the full when we follow Christ and stay within those guardrails. We see this abundance of life. We see this fruitfulness from life. And uh, we're not heading for destruction. We are heading for joy in life because of it.
0: The last point in this is in choosing to believe God is that his wisdom is greater than ours. Now, I'm a pretty smart guy. Okay. (laughs) And you've got a bunch of degrees, uh, theologian. Yes. But even the smartest person is nothing compared to the Savior. His wisdom is far greater than ours.
1: I I like to think of it like this. I'm going to spend all of eternity getting to know God and never fully grasp all He is. That's how amazing our God is, how wise our God is, that we could spend all of eternity getting to know Him and never fully grasp all who He is. And that brings joy to me knowing that I can trust someone whose wisdom will never run dry. No matter the circumstances I'm facing in life, the hardships, the struggles in life, I can trust him because he is wise.
0: So if people actually just followed this, there would be no need for our work at The Lighthouse. We wouldn't need to be able to come alongside and and help men who are struggling to be able to use our biblical counseling model to help the community members, because if people brought their life in order to the fact that God's character is perfect, his commands are designed for our safety, his promises are unfailing, and his wisdom is greater than ours, we, we would be out of a job.
1: There's an issue, though, and Jeremiah tells us the issue. Yep that our hearts are wicked and deceitful. We were born sinners. And because of that, our character is twisted. And we struggle with this internal thing, even as believers of following Christ, following myself, and we have this eternal internal struggle. But if we followed this, life would be a lot easier. Yeah, I agree. I I tell people there's two principles to live by. One, that there is a God, and two, you are not him. I think if we get those two things right, life will be a lot easier. And I think the list that we've given people right here sums up those two things.
0: And this is a lot of things that we teach the men in our program. Yes. And sometimes they fail and they come back and sometimes they fail and they come back. And we teach the same thing. Yes. Because there's so much truth and power here. The power to defeat any addiction, Yes, to overcome any sin, and yet we ignore it sometimes.
1: We do, or s- sometimes we start down the process of renewing our mind, and we stop in the middle of it before we've gained that victory that Christ offers us. He says, I've come to give life and give it to the full, and sometimes we miss out on that because we'll start it, but yet we don't follow through. And that leads us to
0: our next piece of conversation. I remember growing up in Sunday school, and there was a song that we loved to sing. Uh Uh-oh. And and I don't sing, but it it went, obedience is the very best way to show that we believe. Yeah. And obedience is fruit of salvation.
1: It really is. And Jesus even said, if you love me, you will obey me. And the reason we can even love Christ is, first, he first loved us. But because we have experienced such a love, such a grace, such a mercy, our natural response is, since he's done so much for me, this is what I want to do for him. I want to obey him. I love Paul's letters, Because at the beginning of Paul's letters, he lays out what God's done for us in the person of Jesus Christ first. He lays out grace. He lays out mercy. He lays out redemption, salvation. Before he ever tells you what you should do, he tells you what Christ has done. Now, in light of what Christ has done, this is how we are to live, Paul says. And it's a response to what God's done for us. And it's the evidence that we've truly believed that God has done this for us. So one of
0: those steps of obedience is renewing our mind. Yes. Second uh, Corinthians 10.5 talks about taking every thought captive. Now, Scripture wouldn't tell us to take every thought captive if it wasn't possible.
1: Yes. And, and that is a struggle. The Bible talks about strongholds, that we have strongholds in our minds, that the enemy has placed strongholds in our minds, sin patterns of thinking that are sinful. And what the Holy Spirit begins to do when we take those thoughts captive through the word of God is begin to tear down those strongholds that the enemy has in our lives. If we don't do that, something Maybe a tragedy hits. Maybe we go through something. If that stronghold is still there, the enemy has a foothold to begin to cause you to move away from Christ because you haven't dealt with that thinking pattern in your life.
0: So years ago, my mom used to work for the U.S. Census, and she would have trouble getting information from people. Mm. And her boss said, there's one simple tool that you need. When they open the door, you put your foot in because they can't shut the door if you have a foothold into their Yes, That's the same thing. Yes. If we aren't renewing our mind, we're giving the devil a foothold into our life. And that is the beginning of deep darkness. Yes.
1: And strongholds, we think about war. We think about different things like that, battles. And we think about those strongholds where people could hide out and bomb people this is exactly what the enemy does. He builds that stronghold, and then he bombards us from that stronghold in that thought pattern of our life. And we need the Holy Spirit and diving into the scriptures to begin to tear down those strongholds in our lives. So another part of
0: taking our thoughts captive is to confess our sins. Yeah, 1 John 1, 9 is one of the most amazing scriptures in that's ever written. Yeah. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the opposite is true too, because you can't have one without the opposite. If we don't confess our sins, he's not obligated to forgive us our sins or to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's obedience, which... Is evidence of salvation.
1: Yeah. Once you get really dive into 1 John, you get into chapter 3. Chapter 3 is pretty blunt, black and white chapter in this letter. And basically, John tells these believers who are struggling because people had left the church and followed false teachers and they had questions on, what does it look like? What does a real Christian look like? And he starts giving them evidences. In chapter 3, he tells them that if you are a practicer of sin, that means you continue in your sin, you continue in this sin pattern, and you have no repentance, you have not been born of God. That's pretty blunt, and that's why when we say that obedience is the fruit of our salvation. because scripture presents it over and over again as the case.
0: And that has some deep ramifications. And I think that is why a lot of people get saved every week or every day or talk into that a little bit about why people would
1: think that's necessary. For example, I'll explain it this way. Through the years of pastoring, Having young men come sit in my office and say, Pastor Dwayne, I'm struggling with porn. I'm struggling with sexual sin, and I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't even know if I'm saved or not. So I began to probe with a few questions. Number one, I asked, what is the key word that you shared in the statement? Convicted. Convicted or?
0: Struggling with?
1: Struggling. This is something you don't want to continue in your life. You don't want to stay in this sin. Number two, you've come to ask for help. Those are good indications that you are saved, that you belong to Jesus, because if you didn't, you wouldn't care. This is John's point. If you don't care, you remain in your sin, and you are a practicer of sin, no conviction, you don't belong to God.
0: I think a lot of damage has been done to the church and even the name of Jesus by, I think, well-meaning Christians just saying, just get saved, just get saved again. Jesus can take it all away. And that is the extent of their counseling or or care.
1: That's because we think that salvation, that justification— is the end of the process in our salvation. When we see throughout Scripture three main tenses for salvation, we have justification, which is, I am saved. We have sanctification, I am being saved. And we have glorification, I shall be saved. We stop at justification often. We get somebody to the altar, they confess Christ, they begin the process of trying to follow Christ, and then we stop. And we don't help disciple those people. And discipleship really is helping people begin to renew their mind, walking them through a process of this is what it looks like to follow Jesus day in and day out. When Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them everything I have commanded, but yet we stop at, Just come to Jesus. Mm. And we don't follow through on the teaching of what Jesus has commanded, right? And I think that is a major issue, especially within the American church.
0: Finally, this isn't something where we snap our fingers and all of a sudden we're renewed in our mind.
1: I don't expect somebody that's just come to Christ to be at the same place I am.
0: Sure. Sure. It's is something that we practice. Practice builds habits. Yes. And we see that in Philippians 4.8, where, t- where we're told to continue to dwell on things that are good, faithful, pure, of good reputation, things that are praiseworthy. When we're struggling with renewing our mind, we have to stop and choose to think on things that are honorable and just and lovely. Yeah, And— practice helps. And this renewing our mind, people think, oh, I failed again. No, it's just another step Step. in sanctification of aligning your life with the Savior. So talk a little bit about how we do that at the Lighthouse with the men that we serve through our biblical counseling ministries, how we help people practice these habits.
1: One of the things we do is we help Build structure in these men's lives. And and I think some people think that it has to be super spiritual all the time and it can't be anything mundane, but often the Holy Spirit works in the mundane things of life. They have a schedule. They have to begin to keep that schedule, that structure's there, and that gets them into the habit of things. But it goes deeper than that. We also talk about the spiritual disciplines. We start teaching them how to put to practice the spiritual disciplines. What are the spiritual disciplines? I'll name a few. Prayer, scripture reading, going to church. These are spiritual discipline. Journaling is a spiritual discipline. These things, these men that are in, in our program, they begin to put to practice in our program. And it's been amazing to see. Hey, Pastor Dwayne, run up to him. Pastor Dwayne, I read this during my scripture time this morning, and the Holy Spirit really spoke to me through this. And we give God, we begin to open the door for God to begin to move in our lives when we begin to practice those disciplines. Now, some of the guys that come up say, "I'm struggling today. I don't feel like praying," and I'm like, "I'm with you. I, I get it. There's days that." Probably the biggest discipline that I struggle with, Brandon, is prayer. I'm a study guy. I'm a nerd. I get immediate benefit from reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures. Prayer, I don't feel that immediate benefit, right? And so that's why the word spiritual discipline, that word discipline is so important.
0: I agree completely. You are a total nerd. <laughs> Okay. Another thing that we do around the Lighthouse is we celebrate successes. Yes, we do. And that is so important. And if you don't have anyone in your life celebrating your victories, you need to find that person. It is so important to to take small steps towards Mm -hmm. the Savior. Those small steps over a long period of time will lead to huge successes.
1: Yeah. The guys I tell, I say when we're talking about the spiritual disciplines, I said, I don't expect you to go read your Bible for an hour. Just start five minutes a day, man. Start somewhere. Yeah, if you'll sure. start somewhere, God is going to meet you right there. Yep. And that's one of
0: the reasons we're doing the podcast is we want people to be able to have access to the teachings of the Lighthouse yeah. here. And we're doing pretty well on our, on our feeds. Our people are downloading, listening to them. We're getting really good feedback on that. And we're excited about being able to provide another tool to help you practice these habits and put them in your place. So that's it for today on Renewing Your Mind. It is an important topic, and I hope that you put some effort into how you're going to apply these things. Stay tuned with us. The next episode is going to be on confession as part of healing.